welcome to the second episode of our Travel Our World podcast. And my name is Damien, or Freebie Damo, as you might better know me. And uh, welcoming again, uh, Musha Martin. How are you doing, Martin? Hey, afternoon, Damo. How are you? I'm doing very well, mate. Doing extremely well. Happy to be back for another episode of the Travel Our World podcast with yourself and myself. And... Um, well, actually, normally we'd have this recorded at the time of recording with our guests, but um, it's it's been a bit of a bit of a long one. Should we explain to our listeners what's going on? Yeah, been through a bit of a roller coaster, haven't we, Martin? We've uh, yeah. we've basically uh, pre-recorded obviously all of our episodes, and uh, this one has on has gone on a particular uh, particularly long. So we're actually dividing this into two parts. So welcome to part one. Um, obviously, part two will be uh, um, released in a, a later date, and um, maybe we should we should just crack on with it, uh, Martin, and tell us who we've got on on our roundtable discussion tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So episode two, the round table, part one. Um, it's quite long, so we'll get straight to it. And here are our guests. Our guests for this podcast are Owen Reese Menendez, a business travel um, consultant, works in the sort of um, uh, travel business traveler world. We've got Simon Richardson, the uh, part owner, co-owner of a brand new um, group travel business. And we've got Andy Cox, aka Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. Again, back on Instagram to check out a picture of him. It's the reasons why I call him Jesus. And he's a perennial seasonaire with his partner. And it's worth saying that uh, Andy's calling him from, from Ibiza and Simon will be joining us from Austria. And poor old Owen's only in London like you and me. But hey, it doesn't matter. Someone's got to be, hey? Absolutely. So I think um, let's, uh, let's, let's let the talking do the talking, as they say. Should we just get on with it? Let's, let's do it. Let's crack on. So here we are, Damo. Our first guests are officially with us. Um, obviously, as everyone knows, we're doing this over the medium of Zoom. And so it's not uh, that we want to be in the same room with them, but they're all here with us. Um, we, just hope, uh, we just hope we don't have too many technical hiccups like we've had in the past. Oh, yeah, I tell you, mate. So I think it's fair <laughs> to say our, our listeners know who we are, but let's introduce the room. So we'll go around. So um, obviously, being this podcast, you can't see them, but uh, we've got three uh, very good people here, three friends of mine. Uh, we've got Andy Cox, a.k.a. Jesus. And now, listeners, if you're asking why he, uh, we call him Jesus, we are going to stick a picture of him on Instagram and you'll understand why. Hi, Andy. <laughs> how you doing, buddy? You OK? Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, no, it's wonderful to be here um, for Ibiza. Thank you very much. Yes, and of course, oh, you're, you're calling live from Ibiza, where you live, you jammy sod. How are you feeling? How's things anyway? Yeah, are you all good? I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, we'll go into this a little bit later on. It's been a, a bit of a challenging time for everyone. Um, but I could say, you know, for me personally, the season's officially started now. Just got back from work. And yeah, things are looking much more positive than what they were a month ago, should we say. Fantastic, mate. It's great to hear. And while I, whilst we're here, we might as well say to our next guest. It's uh, Simon Richardson. Uh, Simon, how are you doing? Yeah, very, very, very well. Thanks for having me on. Um, no, it's, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be here from... Uh, <laughs> From rainy Austria at this precise oh, moment. Oh, God. We're, uh, we're, we're still in the middle of winter. Um, not quite, but uh, we're getting there. Um, You've got all our rain sun. that we had over the past couple of weeks then. We've sent it spe- specifically down to you, Simon. Yeah, well, you know, we have had... It's been looking pretty dry recently, so why not? Uh, share, share, share and share alike, I suppose, That's is, it. is how it goes. So but whereabouts no, in awful. Austria do you live? I think our listeners would love to know that. Whereabouts do you live? So I'm I'm just outside Zellamze, um, Saarbeck Hinterglem. So right in the middle of the mountains from my back garden, I can more or less see the Kitschlein Horn Glacier. Um, it's 
it's looking what I would class as um, incredibly almost Swiss-like at the moment, uh, as if we're at very, very high altitude, green fields and, and, uh, and a lovely um, white mountain backdrop. So um, as I say, nothing to complain about. Brilliant. Fantastic. And our, and our last guest is uh, another good friend of mine, Owen Rees-Menendez. Um, I've known you for some time. Welcome, Owen. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Martin. Uh, great to be on. Um, not quite sure I can match up to uh, Ibiza and Austria uh, from <laughs> but it's pretty sunny outside, and uh, really happy to be on and have that's, a chat. With that's you where guys. that's where I'm from as well. Um, originally, Owen. Oh. yeah, it's a it's a great place indeed. Yeah, all good. I'm um, yeah, really excited to chat with you guys, and um, you know, having worked in travel many years. Um, you know, something that we're all very passionate about. So I, I second that. Well, I think that's the, the, just the reason why we've got you on. We're all very passionate about travel. We're all seasoned travellers. This episode that we want to present is is more of a sort of a roundtable discussion. So we, we, we're, we're going to throw questions at, at, at everyone and, you know, just see what people's opinions are. Um, I think uh, the whole outlook of everything is what we're trying to portray in these um, in this whole entire series is is the the aim of positivity. Now, the past 16 months has obviously had a, um, a terrible effect on tourism, on holiday companies, on airlines, etc. But I think what we'd like to get from from all of you guys is, you know, how do you think um, travel as a whole has changed since COVID-19 first came about? I mean, Andy, you're you're obviously probably seeing the brunt of that in, in Ibiza at the moment because it, we're basically approaching a peak season now. So what have you what have you seen from the, the local tourism businesses that um, maybe you haven't seen before? I mean, there's a massive shift in who is travelling. I mean, right. uh, in, in Spain, we are a European destination and people do forget that. I mean, the British are one of the biggest people of the market that come to Spain and particularly Ibiza. Um, but where I'm working right now, we're, we're full. Uh, we're completely oh, wow. full. Um, however, our um, clientele has completely shifted. Um, at the moment, we're full of French, Belgium, Dutch and German tourists and the old Austrian as well. And wow. I mean... Our business is doing really well, but normally we would have British around. And where I live in a little town called San Antonio is mm-hmm. the British hub. And okay. it's very strange. It's desolate. Whereas the rest of the island is absolutely full. And it's really funny how the just complete clientele has shifted um, as a result of COVID-19. And in my opinion as well, because of Brexit, due to the restrictions being put on the British travelling into Europe. Yeah, and, it's um, a bit of a... It's- Sorry, carry on, Martin. No, no, no Damo, you finish. Go, you, you finish. I was just, no, I was no, just no, going to say to Andy, what's the impact then? You think for you know for, for British people, either a living like yourself in Spain or Ibiza, or those looking for a job, um, like like we did. You know, if we, we go back to how you and I met. You know, twenty odd years ago. You know, working in San An for tour operators. Uh, how's that going to impact now? The, the 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 younger generation wishing to follow in our footsteps and do the similar roles. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. I think this year is still a little bit up in the air because, as we all know, the British can have 90-day visas um, over an 180-day period into the Schengen. And I don't think, in terms of British workers, we're going to be that much affected because the British season, fingers crossed for everyone, will hopefully kick off in the next month or so. Um, yeah. We will see. Um, and then, then we'll see a massive influx of British coming over and it'll go back to the old black money cash in hand thing, right. which we sort of, we sort of got rid of in Ibiza, but it will come back. I hate to say that. And I think this season, the British workers probably won't notice it so much. 
However, post-COVID, when um, everything's regulated and, you know, in my opinion, the way it should be when people are paying taxes into a system, um, I think the British workers, and especially the young British workers, uh, will be coming here expecting to find work and it just won't happen. Absolutely. And I see, um, Simon, you're shaking your head here. I mean, what's it like in, in Austria and, and Germany, for example? I mean, I, 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 let's go back to how you and I, we worked together for a very large school travel business. And obviously, we both were very lucky to go and travel away with these groups. And, you know, you'd, you'd be a holiday rep for them for the week. Um, obviously, that's going to impact maybe probably not the ski side when it comes to Spain, but group travel into, um, into Spain. How's that going to affect people traveling holidays to Austria and Germany? Um, it's, it's a good question. I'm not sure I've actually even really got an answer hmm. for you at, the, at this precise moment. I mean, obviously, we've seen the complete shift of, um, you know, UK um, season airs not being able to work in the Alps or, or um, it's getting harder and harder. Those those chalet companies have sort of um, changed the way they're working. French are saying, yes, you, you can work. It's not not an issue, but you need to get um, you need to get a um, a visa to be able to do that and 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 the funny thing is is that it's you can do everything but if you've got to sit there and wait for a visa and you don't know if mm. you're going to get it before you can do it what's the point i mean it, it is going to get harder and harder and harder um and you know i think that the SBIT community the uh, seasonal business um mm. guys who, who've been sort of at the forefront lobbying the the, the government and, and trying to find a solution um from what I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know if they even have a solution just yet. So mm. it, it carries on and carries on and carries on. But what's really interesting is that I, you know, the local people, the local businesses like having English staff. They like that. They they we're good workers. We we are we engage with a lot of people in a lot of different ways. And it doesn't so it's not that we're engaging just with the English. We're engaging with every single uh, nationality yeah. which is there. And people just um, like us. We just um, that's what they do. And they, mm. they they're not sort of there to take advantage of us or anything along those lines. They just sort of say, yeah, um, we can rely on you, Brits, and we can rely that you're going to come and do a good job for us and 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 look after our customers. Well, it's, it's, I, I think, think that's yeah. an interesting part. Yeah, yeah, I think they know that. I think that you know we we've generally got a, a quite a good, you know, I say quite a good, but the majority of the time we've got a good reputation of being hardworking. Yeah, we like to party, we like to have fun. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, Owen, what what sort of what um what positive impact do you potentially see from from Brexit regarding sort of international travel and jobs? Do you do you think that the the landscape might change going forward over the next two three years once we've come out of COVID? It's very complex. And I think, um, you know, I don't want to get into the whole sort of Brexit government mm. transitional changes, which we, we can all refer to a lot. But th- there's so much uncertainty. And I think Andy referred to it that we really need some clearer you know, guidelines as to, as to how we're going to look after our, our people. And I, when I say yeah. our people, I do mean I mean, international people. I don't just mean British people. Mm. You know, we've, we've got to find ways of making it, uh, you know, easy for people to have freedom of movement in a safe and, and coherent way that's going to be good for leisure and jobs. Yeah. Um, I just think there's, there's too many grey areas. Um, but I do think, you know, as, as the guys have referred to already, you know, there's huge pent-up demand for travel, leisure and business travel. I mean, I work in business travel and there's a lot of my clients are desperate to go overseas to, you know, to get client meetings and various other things. Um, and I think, you know, uh, Andy referred to the fact that you know, once the season is sort of getting going in Ibiza, maybe into June, you know, July, August, September, closing parties, it's going to be huge, hopefully. You know, there's a huge demand. 
Well, do you think definitely- actually there, Andy, the clubs might open? I mean, every time we talk, it's it's being pushed back and pushed back. I mean, Ibiza isn't just about the clubs. We know that, but it's a big part of the industry. Do you think they'll actually be open? How are they going to do that? You know, if we're still having to socially distance and wear masks, for example? It's a really difficult question. And I always frame this by saying to everyone that asks me this, if you ask me tomorrow, I'll probably give you a different answer for what I'll give you today. Um, because everything's all over the shop is, uh, my, in my opinion, changes like the wind as everyone else's does. <laughs> um, it's just a simple fact of right now, personally, I really struggle to see how any venue in Europe can open with 6,000 people in a tight hmm. confined area. It's quite, it's, quite, it's quite interesting. Sorry. That you, no, no, sorry, no, sorry to interrupt. There, it's, uh, it's quite interesting you said that, Andy. I was, I was just looking at the um, uh, the feedback. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but there was a, uh, there was a, uh, I think there was a rave took place in uh, Liverpool. Um, mm. an official, an official planned rave. Uh, looks like Owen attended it, so that's good to. That's good to <laughs> not, no, 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 I didn't <laughs> attend, but I, I've got, I've, I've gone big on the music and events industry. So when you, yeah. When well, yeah, this is one of the government yeah. sanctioned events. So they had, then they have um, yeah. two club nights uh, with some very famous DJs, and then they had a, a big band play as well. And then obviously they had some conferences um, during the week in I Liverpool. Think they had like fifty. Yeah, they had mm. they had like fifty thousand people attend the music events across a weekend. And I think if I if I quote it rightly, there was only fifteen positive cases across the whole two days, which for a planned event is actually it gives you some positive for the future and i think we all know from looking at the statistics over the past 16 months the actual amount of people that catch covid if they're in an airport or on an airplane is actually something like less than one percent of all of the people that have traveled so the actual physical act of traveling is not the issue it's about common sense and making sure that people are actually adhering to the rules You know, you're in Spain and Simon, I don't know what it's like in Austria. My mother lives in Spain and she says that, you know, ever since the first outbreak, it's been very controlled. It's been very regimental. And that's why, yes, everyone's had all these second waves, which I hate to use. I I always call them a resurgence Um, on a positive outlook. The, the levels are going back down again. The, I know that the vaccination rates are being um, ramped up in Spain, which is fantastic for all. Simon, I don't know what it's like in Austria. Maybe you can give us some intel into uh, how Austria are getting on. But in general, I think Europe is on the upturn. Um, m- majority of the countries, apart from maybe UK with this Indian variant, which we won't touch too much upon, um, you know, we're, we're doing okay. The, even the levels in hospital aren't good. So international travel, in my own opinion, is definitely on the upturn. And I think, you know, Martin would probably back me up. He can see that from, from a working point of view as well. No, absolutely. And no, no, I'll touch and I just want to go and, and see what Simon has say. So you, you obviously, what's it, what's the current... Uh, happening around Austria how are things going a with you know any resurgence as as as, as Damo calls it or how are you looking with um, the vaccine rollout yeah so so I would say we've had a, a a bit of a slow start to the vaccine rollout but but actually everybody is is moving at a quicker speed and a lot of things which people don't talk about is, is, is that more people are being vaccinated than they actually anticipated on the basis that from the the doctors for example who who have you know, the vaccine is, is delivered. They have people who signed up to, to, 
to come and have it in their in their age groups as they go along. But they actually have reserves. And and what these what these doctor surgeries are actually doing is, is phoning around their local community and saying, Who wants one? Yeah. You know, we've got it here, yeah. come and get it, otherwise yeah. it's gonna to go to waste. And and the amount of additional people who are actually um, ahead of the game is, is astonishing. Mm. And nobody really ever talks about that. So, mm. you know, everybody's sort of saying, oh, we're at that point and we've got through that many and we've got through that many. They're the official registered ones. There, there are yeah. at least, I don't know how many which are on. No, there. and yeah, so, I've, I've heard that here in the UK as well. A lot of people have, have sent me a message going, oh, mine, I've actually just been invited by a friend who works at the local doctors and they've got some spare ones. Andy, I know we've spoken about this a few times before. How's it looking in Spain? Because I know obviously you're a, you're a Brit living in Spain and obviously you're registered to live in Spain now. We'll, we'll touch on the residency thing very, very shortly. Um, have you been invited yet for your vaccine? Do you know when you're going to get invited? I haven't, but um, same as Simon. Um, if you asked me a month ago, I'd have been relatively pessimistic about it all. But things have been ramping up very, very quickly. Um, we are now, obviously we are behind the UK. Um, however, though, part of the beef with problem is, is um, we are an autonomous community um, within the Spanish area. And we actually have, unsurprisingly, when you think about it, a very young population. So the amount of vaccines that have been sent to Ibiza particularly has been very, very low. And obviously the government focuses on those figures and the media does. Mm. However, now we're hitting the brackets of where our population actually lies. We're getting vast sums sent in. So I am expecting my first dose um, according to the current figures in early July. But bearing in mind a month ago, that was September. Owen, with regards to sort of, uh, you, you mentioned that you work in business travel. Do um, are your are your customers or clients, you know, whatever whatever side of things you do, are they concerned or are they quite um, optimistic about the the whole um, aspect of business travel going forward regarding COVID? Yeah, so I think there's a, there's a sort of two double pronged attack of people sort of who are desperate to go overseas and then others who've adapted their business to um, you know virtual meetings rather than in person but there's a still huge um desire and, and requirement for companies to travel for business a lot of companies need to travel to meet clients to sign contracts to sell yeah. their sell their products etc um you know companies like the one i work for you know we, we've got negotiations in place with um uh, specialist companies for a reduced PCR tests, you know, half the, oh, price, wow. half the price of a leisure consumer would pay, say, online. So there's a lot of incentives and a lot of work going on behind the scenes to try and make it more you know, easier and more accessible when the time is right for people to, to travel. Um, but equally, as I mentioned before, that you know, it's a very blurry landscape with the, with COVID and not with COVID, yeah. with also with Brexit. You know, it's a whole other conversation which I don't want to go too much into because we want to keep it um, you know, interesting for people perhaps, but yeah, it's think, pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I think the outlook in general is, is that, you know, we're all in this together, isn't it? And, you know, I know, and Andy and Simon, you might have a, a differing opinions. So, you know, I know that, for example, a PCR test in Spain is something like 40, 50 euros, which is a, a, a an actual legally, um, you know, official test. And over a hit in the UK, it's about 100 odd. You know, they, there are talks about reducing this down. And if we want to kickstart tourism and make the whole world to be a lot more positive than it was 12 months this time last year, you know, everyone needs to plug together and say, right, hang on a minute, let's get these tests down. Let's get people moving. Let's get people seeing their families and friends. Andy, I'm sure we'd love to come out and see you in Ibiza. Likewise, Simon <laughs> in Austria, you know, so, you know, it's, it's all about, 
uh what's the word it's all about coercion it's about collaboration and making sure that you know going forward you know it is bringing a positive which i think yeah I'll second that, Damon. Sorry, and, and it, it falls down to the horrible B word, that Brexit word. You know, um, a lot of people say, "Oh, there's been a falling out between the UK and and Europe." It depends on how you look at it. I don't think so. You know, was it right to leave Europe? Look, what's done is done. You know, we can all sit around and talk about this. We've all got friends who voted to leave and friends who voted to stay. It doesn't matter what's done is done. It's about the cooperation now between the United Kingdom and Europe. You know, our biggest trading partner, not just in in food and medicine, but in in tourism. As as Simon pointed out, you know, British tourists and and, and Andy and I will know, and Owen will know, and and, and Damon will know, are very important. You know, they bring a lot of money. Um, the Brits. Ooh. Will travel anytime. Uh, a friend of mine um, just, um, dropped me an email um, before this podcast, and she lives in Spain as well with her partner. And I've known her for a very, very long time. And she's in the same situation. To stay in Spain, she's had to get herself a residency because otherwise she'd be fighting to get a permit to to, to work there. And obviously, once um, uh, once you know COVID ends, as Andy pointed out before, who knows where we'll be. What will British um, staff be? What will, will what will places that are usually taking on British staff as bar workers or holiday reps? What will they do? I mean, will a big tour operator pay for vast sums of money for their their UK staff, their British staff to to live in Spain so they can guarantee a visa? So they'll have to put down a residence, for example. I mean, Simon, as someone um, as a good news story, obviously you've just recently launched your own new company, uh, a brand new um, group travel company, which is great. You know, there, there are positives out of all this. Say, for example, um, you know, France demands certain visas and, you know, the UK nationals can't travel in Europe no more than 90 days within 100, 180. And, and imagine a ski season lasts, you know, five or six months. Would you be willing to pay for that or would you just take on, you know, people that live locally? I think that that's a good question, and and it's probably a question which everybody is 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 asking themselves. I mean, mm. purely from my business, um, I <laughs> I know what the restrictions are, and it's it's built around um, not not sort of going down that road <laughs> at this precise <laughs> moment in time. Yeah. Um, and um, but you know, it's not to say that something won't change, and. Um, you know, when you think about this, this we need a, collab- a collaboration. Well, you know, when we talk about testing, for example, Austria is now, you know, rumouring to say we're going to give free tests to all tourists as they come in. Yeah, um, no, that's. I think that's something which Spain talked about in the past as well. Um, I think Malaga Airport was talking about having that that type of positive thing. You know, when you arrive, you can get a free lateral flow, or you can get a free PCR, and we'll get it delivered to your to your hotel. And it's all about. Um, I think it's all about making people feel comfortable, but also making them feel happy in their own right. Um, and I think it's sort of maybe sort of quite well ties into the sort of mental health impact of travel, really. Mm. Is that, you know, I think we've all had um, friends, family, uh, colleagues, etc., who have suffered a lot over this past um, 18 months almost that we've, we've been in. And, you know, Owen, from your point of view, what what do you think that, you know, even from a business point of view, how do you think your customers or your your clients or or your your friends who who might be in the industry, how do you think they have benefited from seeing? Oh, do you know what? I might be able to travel in the future, and how 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 has that affect, affected their mental state? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge, isn't it? I think we've all um, we've all known over the last sort of 16, 18 months how important it is to do things we really enjoy. And I mean, from, a, you know, stripping it right down, down to the bare bones and essentials of, you know, local UK living. You know, it, we've got so much scenery and, and, and beautiful nature and things to enjoy outside. And I think, you know, we weren't able to travel, but just those simple pleasures were were as enjoyable as you would have walking to your local park, you know, and going for a run, for example, also mm. being able to travel, you know, it sort of almost comes yeah. hand in hand. So I think, you know, those simple pleasures are what people are really missing and want to do when they travel, you know, for, for pleasure. Um, in terms of um, biz- business travel, I mean, the shift is huge. It's basically, without going too technical about it, there's been a massive shift in um, well-being, duty of care, you know, that that is a huge part of, of what companies need to consider for their travellers. It's not just about how much is a flight going to cost me or, yeah. you know, or, or, or what, how can I save money? It's actually about traveller well-being. And I think traveller well-being goes then in hand in hand with positive mental attitudes, positive mental health, exactly. you know, a, a comfortable journey. You know, it's all come, comes hand in hand, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw someone getting on a plane, you know, crying their eyes out, you know, with a sad face, apart from my wife, of course, who happens to be scared of flying, but that's another, that's another subject which we'll touch upon in another episode. Oh, Damo, you're in trouble now. You've just aired this. You're in trouble. Oh, you're in oh, so God. much in trouble in the doghouse. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> So great episode there just uh, just to the end when I obviously want to thank our guests you'll be hearing more from them in the, in the second part of that I think it's been a really good discussion Martin I'm, I'm sure you'll agree hopefully our listeners are still awake after after all that and um, I, I seriously hope so yeah they've we've had we've put up some good some good subjects there uh, we've brought up Brexit we've spoken about Covid we've talked about the things in the next episode we will be speaking a bit more on those and, and getting some more insights from Owen uh, Simon and uh, Andy, I think um, these their views are their own. Um, they're their own personal views, but I think it's great. And I look forward to um, hearing part two next week on the 9th of June. So do do um, do download us, do get on Spotify or get on Amazon Music or iTunes, whatever it is, or join us on acast.com, our, our uh, podcast supplier, the people that host our podcast, you'll find everything on there. So yeah, I think it's time we better go and... Um, welcome everyone back for part for part two that's it we'll leave you to it and uh, look forward to look out for the next one the second episode will be released on wednesday the 9th of june so we will keep you posted on all social media fantastic thank you very much guys don't forget we're on instagram at uh, travel world podcast we're also on uh, twitter uh, which is the uh, podcast underscore travel and you can also email us at travelerworldpodcast at gmail.com please do send us emails do send us um, some of your ideas maybe you've got some stories to tell we do want to hear off you so we'll see you next week for part two of the round table pod thank you Damo see you next week mate cheers Martin take it easy